This is WCNO Palm City, the good news station. Stay tuned to get great guidance on Medicare, insurance, retirement, tax planning, Social Security, 401k, IRA, pensions, including the FRS, Florida Retirement Systems, and much more. You are listening to the Financial Literacy Show with Hubert McIntosh, CPA, right here on WCNO Radio. Stay with us for the next hour and elevate your financial IQ. And now, here is your host, Hubert McIntosh, CPA. Hello, family. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us once again. This is Friday at 4 p.m. Wow. I'm not in the studio, but I said, let me record this for you because I wanted to give you some perspective in looking at the year in review. So the phone lines are not available because as I said, this is a recording, but I still want you to take your notes because this is financial literacy. So please grab your paper, grab your pen. I'm going to be going over 2021 and I'm going to be sharing some ideas with you for 2021 and beyond. Okay. So thank you again. All right. So what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about, yes, the 2020 election and market review. Then we're going to talk about market and economic predictions and the key risk that we're facing and possibly will be facing and planning ideas for 2021 and beyond. Okay, so let's look at the 2020 election and the market review. 2020, from a marketing standpoint, equity market review was excellent. Yes, and I know it doesn't seem that way because we had the pandemic for nine months, but the equity review was outstanding. The S&P 500 increased in 2020, believe it or not, 12.1%. Almost all the market indices increases. The Dow Jones, the NASDAQ, Russell 2000, almost everything increased in the market in 2020. Except there was a big loser in 2020, a big, big loser, energy. Anything that was related to the energy market suffered some terrible loss. The energy market went down like 36.47%. But most thing from the equity market review was, was really awesome. Yeah, yeah. So we go along. So, so what are some of the themes and lessons that we, we learned from 2020? Well, as everyone know, we were struck with COVID-19. You know, we, you know, the average duration of um, normally a beer market correction is 22 months. But the COVID-19 pullback lasted 33 days. Can you imagine that? 
33 days and making it the sharpest and quickest decline to recover because round about March to April there, we looked like we were going to go for doomsday. But that only lasted for like 33 days and we recovered. We recovered great. We had great growth growth in the market volatility was uh, basically it wasn't as volatile as we were expecting but unemployment yes unemployment it levels that was horrible you know unemployment levels reached 14.7% and we have not seen such since the Great Depression. So that was one negative that came out of 2020. But the vaccine, vaccine, vaccine was a, a, a theme in 2020. Normally it takes, normally it takes years to develop a vaccine. But now we have at least three vaccine believe it or not three vaccine with a possible 90 percent effectiveness and the market responded fair favorably to these development in quarter four so let's look at the market and economic predictions along with the key risk number one the economy recovery begins yes number one the economy recovery begins and ends with covid you know the the launch of a distribution of an effective vaccine and other progress against covid19 was most likely most direct path to improve economic growth because what happened is that as the market you know yes you have the struggle after covid19 but as we spoke about the, the vaccine possibility, the market responded responded to that very well. So in if if what we looked at round about in March, April, there looked like it was gonna be so bad. From a market standpoint, it did not turn out so. All right. Here's another thing that we will be looking at. Number China. China will remain a challenge. All right. So when I say remain a challenge, um, sometimes we may think that the relationship with China is based on politics, whether it's one party or not. But to be honest with you, the gap between the two parties may not, may not be as wide as many think because many people think that there's this gap between the two parties, you know, I'm talking about the Republican Party and the Democratic Party. But sometimes the news may overemphasize that. But trade policy with China will remain a contentious issue. And there's not much gap, believe it or not. I know it may not seem that way when you think of it and when you hear the news because you hear of this division, but dealing with a country like China, there is not much, there's not much separation, you know? So, you know, China, Republican, 72% of, of Republican view China negative, negatively and 62% of Democrats hold the same view. So if you're looking at that, there's just a 10% gap 
between the Republican view and the Democratic view of China. So, so that will be a topic that will be prevalent into 2021. And, you know, the outlook that we're looking at, it will affect trade, supply chain, chain and could increase inflation over time, you know. So, so we'll see how that goes. Number three that we want to look at is the Federal Reserve supportive. You know, there, there looks like there will be more stimulus, you know, as we look at, yes, one stimulus package has just been passed and yes there's some discrepancy there but as we continue in the trend the, you know the, there will be more stimulus to help sustain the economy that's one of the things we're looking at for 2021 right so i want to point out something to you as you look at into 2021 because one of the things you'll have to be looking at is your portfolio. You'll have to be looking at your investment portfolio. And I want to encourage you, don't let politics rule your portfolio. Don't let politics rule your portfolio. Because here's what happened is that sometimes it, it can be very dangerous in trying to adjust your portfolio due to the election results. Because as the news change, markets will react quickly to new information. So irrespective of which political party, the, the market is reacting so quickly to new information. So you have to be careful about structuring your portfolio from a party base, you know, because you, 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 you could get lopsided there. You know, like, for instance, the, in 2020, the day after the election, growth stocks soared while small caps were flat and interest rates dropped. So you see, this is single. And history has shown us that market returns are not, yes, and I know this is going to shock a lot of you, market returns are not as president or as party dependent may think, are as dependent as people may think it's not it's just not true you know so so you ask your question then does party control matter the truth of the matter i'm just giving you the facts historical return says no the data shows no it doesn't matter you know we live in a country where the market is gonna flow the market is gonna flow and quite contrary to what a lot of you might experience or believe where you think that one party influenced the and i know this is going to be shocking to a lot of you where we think that one party influenced the market more than the other you know but it, it, it's almost balanced it's almost balanced if you don't get caught up because what happens a lot of times is that we can get caught up in the rhetoric and and I'm just pointing out the fact we can get caught up because, you know, we hear this side of the news, we hear that side of the news. But if we look at the market, the market is more stable than that where it's not driven by politics. The market may be driven by different things, but politics is not one of those significant things. You know, I hate to share it, break that to you, but 
it's 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 just the tr it's just the truth you know so so you you ask yourself okay is it if the if the if the country is unified or divided how does it affect the market to be honest with you you know and i know there's a lot of misperception out there we have a country that is gonna flourish it's gonna strive irrespective of the party with the market remember i'm talking about the market now so the politics does not affect the market as much as most people may think you know things can affect the market like where you have viruses and different kind of things worldwide economic trends or stuff like that those are stuff that affect the market. It's not about um, the the whether we're unified or divided in so in so many ways. And I know this gonna be coming as a shock to a lot of you because based on the the news, we may tend to think that this affect the part the, the the market that much. All right. So another thing I wanted to point out to you: current debt. The debt, current debt and deficit will drive decisions. So what happens there is that the debt as a country, because we have increased in debt because of the stimulus packages and so forth. Here's an example. So right now, as a country, we're 27. And this I'm talking to you now, the statistics is, as, is of uh, December 2020. So this is just recent. So I'm not talking to you about real past history. This is basically almost current history. Um, we are $27 trillion in debt. That's the largest debt since World War II, you know. And every day, every year, every year, we are operating right now, our trading, our trading, we're operating as like a $3 trillion deficit every year. Every year, $3 trillion deficit. And if you want to, um, to look at that yourself, you can go to this website called US Debt, D E B T Clock, C L O C Clock.org. US Debt Clock.org. And it will show you um, some of our spending, our spending, all we're spending, and what we're spending on, right? So this is Hubert McIntosh, your CPA, your member of SOFA. You know, we, I'm not live in the studio today. I've recorded this video, not this video. I've, I've done this recording for you. You know, I'm sharing a presentation, but you're not seeing it, but you're hearing it because I wanted to share some insights with you in reviewing 2020 and looking forward to 2021. So thank you for joining thank you for joining us i'll be back in the studio next week live on at 4 p.m all right but today january 1st this is a recording all right so so there's some tax plans so you're looking at um so every administration every administration has different tax plans Every administration has different tax plan. So you're gonna see some different stuff. So you may say, well, if you look at Biden's iffy tax plan, well, some people say it's iffy, you know, you know, so 
So what is what is happening regarding that? You, you know, we have a weak economy. And this is this is almost contradictory because here you'll hear me say weak economy, but strong stock market. And I think it's necessary that I, I, I explain that to you because sometimes people think, well, because the stock market is strong, it means the economy is strong. No, 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 no. It's two different things. And let me take, just take the time and explain it a little to you. The market, the stock market is what people invest in. All each different companies are doing and so forth, right? That's a stock market. But a lot of times when you look at the economy and you hear about GDP, GDP gross domestic product, in other words, the stock market is talking about the about the companies that's in the stock market or the company is doing. But the economy is the US economy now. It's talking about what the government, yeah, what the government is that we as a country, how are we trading? with the rest of the world, you know? Is our trade plus, is it minus, is our trade balance, you know? Are we importing more than we exporting? Are we exporting more than we importing? And, 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 and that is where sometimes it's just confusing to people because they're saying, well, wow, the stock market is at the highest level ever. Yeah, right now, the stock market is the highest it has ever been. And sometimes someone will say that, well, if that is so, then that means the economy is great. No, not necessary. The economy is what we as a government, like for instance, so if I say to you, we, we have the highest stock market, and I just mentioned to you all the stock indices, how they have grown but yet, I'm going to make a statement and says the economy is struggling with growth, with, you're, you're, you're struggling with growth and high unemployment. So this is talking about the U.S. So you have what the, how the U.S. itself as a country is performing versus the companies within the U.S. And sometimes that can be confusing because when there's unemployment, what, what is it affecting? It's affecting the country. Yeah, it's affecting the country and sometimes not necessary. Like you may say, well, I unemployment. Is I unemployment affecting Amazon? Is it affecting Apple? Is it affecting, these are the top companies. Is it affecting Google? Is it affecting Facebook? The reality of it, no. The higher unemployment are not affecting those companies. So you'll find that those companies' services are great and they're making mega profits. But what about the U.S. economy? The unemployment is going to affect the U.S. economy, the United States government. So sometimes, you know, like for instance, like one of Biden's plan is corporate tax corporate tax increase so and, I, and you'll hear me say corporate tax may increase 
but are unlikely to be restored to previous levels. And sometimes that gets confusing because we're saying, okay, if the tax increase, does that mean it's going to help? You, it has pluses and minuses going for it. You know, so, you know, it's it, the, the tax planning is a bit iffy. I'll update you more as the year get in, you know, but I just wanted to clear up that part about the U.S. economy versus the stock market. Right. So so here we have certain tax proposals. All right. So Biden has certain tax proposal. All right. Right now, our corporate tax rate, the IS corporate tax rate, um, basically, you, you know, you have the C Corp, which is at 21%. Biden is proposing to increase C Corp from 21% to 28%, right? Um, individual tax, individual tax rate is 37%. The IS individual tax rate right now, Biden is proposing that that's going to go to 39.6%, right? So some of that will affect some of you. Some of it will not affect some of you. You got to remember every tax law, our proposal does not affect everybody. It affects some people. Very rare, very rare a new tax law affects everybody. So sometimes it may affect you and you may think that it's affecting everybody else. No, no. Like here's our proposal again. Decrease the estate tax exemption. So yes, to 3.5 million. So basically, if you don't have 3.5 million in your estate, obviously that tax law is not going to affect you. But the person who has 10 million, yes, that person will have to look at that. You know, so, so just be careful about getting caught up into where well, you hear this is going to happen and this is going to affect you. No, you know, it, that's why I always um, suggest to you that it's best that you get professional advice because what you hear in the general media, it doesn't mean it always gonna affect you. So it's best for you to get, um, to get, to get uh, considerations regarding your situation because don't take just general information and think that happens to you. So just keep just keep that in mind. So planning ideas. So we're gonna talk about 2021 and beyond. Okay, what what are we in store for? What are we in store for? And I just want to remind you, this is Hubert McIntosh, your CPA on the radio. But I am not live. I'm not live today. I've recorded this for you. I've recorded this for for you so that I can talk about the summary of 2020 and share with you some things that may be happening for 2021 that you can look forward to to making certain plans. All right. So so four elements compl complicating the planning. So what we're looking at in planning for 2021. Yes, we just had the pre the presidential election and we have a split government. So anytime you have that, 
there is some uncertainty because you don't know what tax law is going to pass or not, right? But in 2019, in 2019, over heading over into early 2021, 20, we had something called the Secure Act. And then in 20, and the Secure Act, and we had the CARES Act in 2020. And we had the TCGA, which was the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act in 2017. So all of those three factors you'll have to look at in terms of planning. You can't just look at one of them and plan. We'll have to look at all three, okay? And that's what we're gonna, we're gonna talk about. What else are we faced with? We're faced with historical low interest rates. So because interest rates are so low, it helps us if we make certain plans. And I'm gonna talk to you about that. So, so what happened there with the historical low rates that are subject to change, you know? Remember the, the TCGA, that's a Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, which was passed December 20th, 2017. Remember that was an eight year plan where those changes are going to be sunset December, 2025. If the new administration make it, none of, no changes to it. So it's set for eight years, whereas all of those changes gonna be expired or go back to what they were prior to December 20th, 2017. And if these are things that affect you, you know, I'm not gonna take the time to go into the details here on that because it doesn't affect all of you. Yes, it affects some of you, all right? So, but if you have specific questions or specific concerns there, you know, you can go, we have created the website, financialeducational.org, financialeducational.org. Okay, so if you have any question there or you have any comments, you can always go there and on the contact us page, you just put your comments, your comments or your questions there. And if you need us to reach out to you, just put your contact information and we'll get back with you. Okay. All right. So I'm going to give you six planning ideas for 2021 and beyond. Six. I'm going to give you six of them. So number one. What I want to encourage you to do, so I'll tell you the six of them and then we'll drill down. We'll drill down into them. Number one is review your portfolio assets allocation and as you, you, you know, location and asset allocation. You want to review it to see, okay, where are you now? Where are you now? And what's your allocation like? That's number one we're going to talk about. Number two, understand the needs the need for tax planning yes the need for tax planning number three i hope you're writing this down retirement planning and why is it so important that we have retirement planning it's for peace of mind retirement planning gives you peace of mind number four estate planning is coming back 
Estate planning is coming back. Estate planning had basically gone away because when you look at a $23 million, $23 million exemption in estate planning for a married couple, then you ask yourself, how many people in our country you think have estates greater than to, than, than 23 million? And, and I know sometimes I'll, uh, people will say a lot of people. No, it's not a lot as you think. <laughs> not many people, not many people estate is greater than 23 million. I know sometimes it may seem that way, but you'll see people and, you know, they seem or they are very successful. You'll see them on the news or whatever. And you're thinking, well, that person has more than 23 million. Not necessarily. So we're going to talk about that. General planning. You also need general planning. The tried and the true. You've got to evaluate what works for you. And number six. Don't forget about distribution planning and Roth IRAs. And we're going to talk more, more about those in details as we go along. This is Hubert McIntosh, your CPA, a member of SOFA. SOFA with the mission to help eradicate, yes, to eradicate um, financial illiteracy one community at a time, right? And I'm here in this community to help you decide how to do that so i just want to thank you for joining us thank you so your portfolio Reve reviewing your portfolio's asset location and allocation in the sense that you say okay location and and even that terminology may seem confusing sometimes when you say location and asset allocation what does that mean you know, the, the, the location is where your asset is, is where your money is. But then you also want to look at, is your money properly allocated? Is it properly allocated? So, all right. So let's, let's look at these things that we're going to consider. So your money could be in a traditional IRA or a 401k, right? So one of the things you need to think of in, in that, you know, whereas you consider your retirement accounts or bonds and dividend stocks, because taxes will be differed on the income. Because traditionally, IRA and 401k, traditionally, those are in mutual funds. Those are in mutual funds. So I'm going to use some terminology where... I'm not expecting you to know all of them or to be an expert at them, but I just want to bring them to your attention or your awareness. So you could have money in traditional IRA, 401k. Keep in mind, if that's where your money is, those monies have not yet been taxed, right? And then now you could also have some money in Roth IRA, and Roth 401k. If your money is in Roth 401k and Roth IRA, that means those monies already taxed. And then you could have taxable taxable accounts. So here's the confusion with that because I just mentioned three, and you have heard me mention 
no matter where your money is, no matter where your money is, your money is in one of three buckets. Yeah. So you hear all of these things and you hear different stocks and you hear this and you hear you hear a lot of blah, 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 and a lot of lingo. But at the end of the day, your money is in one of three buckets. It's either it's tax deferred, taxable, or tax free. Tax deferred is where you have not paid tax on it yet. Tax free, there will be no tax and taxable you're paying tax on it so when we talk about allocation you want to make sure your allocation is in the proper buckets so that's a that's a critical thing you have to think of in the terms of you know is my is is are my buckets properly structured you, because you don't want your buckets to be lopsided in the sense that they're in one of the three buckets. I always encourage people, have money in one of the three buckets or in all three, but you don't want where you have money in only one or two buckets. The buckets are there for a purpose, and this is why you need to discuss it with a professional. Okay. All right. Once upon a time, there was a it was a type of portfolio when you would hear people say, "Well, your portfolio should be sixty forty." Yes, you know, like people would say, "Well, you can have your money sixty percent stocks and forty percent bonds, or vice versa." But I want to share with you, and I know some advisors gonna disagree with me. But I want to tell you that 6040 portfolio is dead. You know, 6040 portfolio is dead, you know, because Goldman Sachs is expecting that a 6040 portfolio will return 4.2% during the next 10 years. So if you look at this, if you have a portfolio that's going to generate an average of 4.2% during the next 10 years, remember now that return of 4.2% is excluding certain things because that 4.2% is not including inflation. It's not including inflation. It's not including fees and it's not including taxes. So do you see why a 4.2% return is just not good? It's just not good. So I just want you to be aware of that. You know, so, you know, you have the equity returns, you have bond returns. Be careful how you get caught up in it. You want to look at your particular situation because your situation may not, it may not be suitable. A 60-40 portfolio may not be suitable for your situation, right? Bonds, Goldman Sachs, again, most of you know Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs uh, make, is making a prediction that, you know, that 1.6 estimated annual return on 10-year treasury for the next 10 years. So can you imagine if your money is involved in 10-year in, in treasury with the estimated annual return of 1.6%? What that simply means is that you're losing money 
And you may say, yeah, but I'm making 1.6. No, but what about the inflation? Inflation was just recorded as 2.1. So if you make 1.6% and inflation is 2.1%, you're buying power. You have lost 0.5%. You have lost 0.5%. So you, you got to be careful of just getting into that old stuff. Whereas, because everything we're looking at now is smart. Yeah, you have smartphone, you have smart TV, you have smart refrigerator, you have smart you, you, you have smart stove. You also have smart stove. So you ask yourself, if everything is going towards smart, why are you still doing the traditional stuff? Did you know you also have smart retirement? Yes. You gotta be looking at stuff smart. And if you're not speaking to an advisor who is up to date on the current strategy, you're gonna end up not being smart. Because if you're using someone who is not smart, how are they gonna help you to be smart? So you gotta be careful of that, right? You know, because um in terms of asset allocation teams, you have, you have to look at structure, structure. And I don't want to get caught up by giving you these terminologies to mess you up, you know. But but just just seek professional advice. I'll tell you that. Seek professional advice there. And don't get caught up with um, the old traditional way. There are things that are good when they're old, but investing is not one of those because things have changed and you need to change with the times right you need to change with the times number two all right that's your portfolio so i want you to look at um th there's a need for tax planning you know you must always consult a tax professional before taking action i want i i, I cannot stop encouraging you about that so in terms of, and I just want to remind you, um, this is Hubert McIntosh, your CPA. Yes, we are still here on WCNO, but we're not live today. I've recorded this for you. This is being aired on January 1st, New Year's Day. You know, so I'm spending some time with the family, but I just wanted to record this for you so that you can have a guideline or a roadmap for 2021 and beyond. So in terms of tax planning, there are a few things you want to look at. And keep in mind, as I said to you, not everything is going to be applicable to you. Something's going to be applicable to you and some things won't. So tax bracket management. Oh my gosh. You, 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 you need to take advantage of the wide tax bracket when accelerating income. You know, what, what does that mean when I say the tax bracket management? Say, for instance, if you're in a 22% tax bracket, there's a bracket, there's a top number, and there's a bottom number where everything in between is considered in that bracket. If you are in the lower end of that bracket, you may consider increasing your income. Yes, you know, moving it from one bucket to the other 
to the end of that bracket because what it is saying is that you have the opportunity to take more income from one bucket to another without causing extra taxation. And these are the things you need a professional for. Itemized deduction planning. Here's another one that you need structuring for, for itemized deduction planning. Because what has happened in 2017 with the TCJA, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, what happened there, the, 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 the itemized deduction changed somewhat in the sense that standard deduction for married couple went up to 24.4 and for a single person was 12,200. So what that is saying is that if your standard deduction is a certain amount, if your standard deduction is a certain amount, say the 24,400 or 24,800, then all your deduction up to that amount is almost negligible because you're, the government is already giving you a standard deduction of 24,400. So if your deduction is lower, then you get no benefits. So here's what is even happening. And, um, I'm sad to say this, you know, considering that here it is, we are on this Christian radio station, whereas, and, you know, I, I, I hope some of the pastors just don't throw rocks at me, but I have to tell you the truth, where sometimes you're being told that um, your giving is tax deductible. Yeah, that's technically so, but... If you are not up to that bracket, you're not giving, you're, you're not getting any tax deduction from your giving. So I want to give, I, I, I want to encourage you, give from your heart, give from your heart. It says the Lord love a cheerful giver, you know, Second Corinthians 9 verse 6, you, you know, but if you're giving, if you're giving because someone promised you a tax deduction, you know, I just want you to be aware as if that's the reason you're giving, then sometimes you're going to be disappointed. And I don't want you to get disappointed at the church because you were giving and you thought that you were going to get a tax deduction. So I just want to bring it. I just want to bring the truth to you. Yes, there are certain gifts, you know, if you accelerate your charitable gift, then you're going to get a deduction, but you still have that limitation of the standard deduction. So I, I just want you to be aware of that. Okay. So what people do in such situation is that sometime instead of evaluating your taxes over one year, Maybe sometime it may be best to evaluate it over two years because if what you are going to give, say, for instance, just hypothetically, if someone was going to give an amount this year and give another amount the next year and you're not getting any deduction for those years because of the amount of the deduction, sometimes you may want to take it and where you give your lump sum every other year. Because if you if the amount that you're giving every other year then is above the standard deduction, then you'll be able to get the tax the, the tax deduction. 
So these are the things why I encourage you that you must speak with a professional, okay? Capital gains planning. Capital gains planning is also critical in the sense that if you have an asset, if you have an asset that you're planning to sell, you know, like for instance, you may have stocks and bonds, are you doing any kind of trading, whether it's day trading or whatever it is, you know, sometimes, sometimes if you're planning, if you're, if you're planning to sell, if you're planning to sell something, you, you always want to consider the tax implication. You always want to consider the tax implication because you, you, I, I just don't want you to go and sell without considering such because you may be paying unnecessary taxes. You may be paying unnecessary taxes. So I encourage you to seek tax professional advice. Right. Number three. So what we have talked about, we have spoken about your portfolio and we have spoken about your your tax and your tax planning. Number three, let's talk about your retirement planning, because your retirement planning can give you peace of mind. Retirement planning is very critical because what is happening here regarding retirement planning so that you're aware in the sense that as you work, as you work, um, you're accumulating. Yeah, you're accumulating. But when you get to the point where you're getting ready to retire, you're not accumulating anymore. You're now decumulating. You're decumulating. And the key part of it is that the same rules that there that exist for accumulation, they're not the same rules for decumulation. So I, I just want you to be aware of that. The, so in other words, going up the hill, link up it that way, that you're climbing a hill, you're climbing Mount Everest. Look at it, Mount Everest. Well, everybody's familiar with Mount Everest, I believe. It's the largest, it's the largest mountain, you know, for climbing. Mount Everest is the highest peak. So think of, think of, Think of going up Mount Everest. The same rules for going up Mount Everest is not the same rules for coming down. It's the same thing with accumulation and decumulation for retirement planning. The rules change. So you need to be aware. You need to be aware. I'm not going to bore you with the rules, but the rules change. So don't think that you can make plans for retirement based on general information. If you're making plans for retirement based on general information, your retirement is going to have some struggles. Your retirement is going to have some struggles because you don't know the rules. A lot of the rules you don't know. So I encourage you to seek professional advice there. Okay. Number four, I said I'm giving you six, right? Number four, we are at number four and we got to get through this. Estate planning is making a coming a comeback. So what is happening with estate planning? Why you say it's making a comeback? Because the numbers are different. We had a 23, $23 um, million dollar with a $23 million exemption, but that $23 million exemption is going down to $7 million. Yeah. 
So the person, when there was an exemption for 23 million and someone at 10 million, then that person don't have to do any estate planning because they had a gap of 13 million before they get to 23. But the story changes now. If, if the exemption is 7 million and that person has estate of 10 million, then you see that you see what's happening there because if your estate is 10 million and the exemption is 7 million then there's there, there are three million dollar is exposed to taxes and these are the things that you know um i want you to be aware of and some headline there you know shift asset shift asset ownership up and down you, you need to know how to title your asset People are making mistakes. People are making mistakes in how they're titling their assets, you know? So, like, for instance, even in gifting, you're giving to children. You've got to be careful of kiddie tax. A lot of times people don't, people are not even aware of what kiddie tax is, you know? So, sometimes you can shift upwards to take advantage of low tax bracket. Yes, so you can increase your income. And sometimes someone say increasing your income is bad. You're you're gonna pay more tax, not necessarily. So you're gonna pay more tax, but you're paying at the same tax bracket, the tax rate. So these are the things you have to look at, you know. So there's a thing also. I see a lot of confusion here regarding estate planning, debt bed planning, debt bed planning. I see people making deathbed planning, and sometimes that is so wrong. Sometimes you don't want to be changing the titling of an asset on your deathbed. Sometimes that's not the best strategy. Sometimes that's not the best strategy. And then last year, January, not last year, um, January 2020, the 2019 Secure Act went into effect, whereas this now has changed up IRA planning. How do you leave your estate? Previously, there was something called a stretch IRA where you could leave money to your children, to your grandchildren. That is almost eliminated. Whereas when someone dies, if the second party, you know, you know, if one spouse dies, yes, it goes to the second spouse. But when the second spouse dies, then basically, when the surviving spouse, I'm sorry, when the surviving spouse die, then that money has to be distributed within 10 years. That law, that, that is very critical. That is very critical. So you need professional guidance there. So, and then number five, you need general planning. You just need planning. You just need planning. You have to plan. You have to plan. You have to plan for major life events. You have to plan for new investment. You just have to plan. You cannot live this life without planning. So I encourage you, please plan. Have some kind of plan. You know, and different people are going to have different planning based on their situation. They're going to have different planning based on their situation because you know the guy who has 10 million has to plan different than the guy who has 1 million they can't plan the same way they cannot plan the same way so you have to also look at that 
and you have to review your plan you have to review your plan every year you have to review your plan because you don't want to make plan and you're not tracking your plan because you want to know that you are on par you're on focus with the plan that you made because if you don't review your plan then you may in for surprises right so be aware of that number six all right remember we're talking about the distribution don't forget distribution planning and Roth IRAs so why is distribution planning so critical distribution planning is so critical because what a lot of times is that you may have accumulated funds right you may have accumulated funds but you never paid taxes on it before so if you accumulate funds in a 401k you accumulate funds in the ira but you never pay tax on it guess what you're now going to be paying tax on the distribution when you're pulling those money but what's the challenge with that you know what the challenge is that is you don't know what the tax rate is you don't know what the tax rate is and if you don't know the tax rate and here it is now what if taxes have doubled? What if taxes have doubled? Then what happened is that if you're not factoring taxes in your distribution, you may be thinking, well, you're gonna be able to live off $5,000 a month where that is $60,000 a year. But what if you owe the IRS 30%? What if you owe them 20%? That's $6,000 a year. That $6,000 are that $60,000 a year you thought you were going to be able to live on. If 20% of that 60,000 is going to the IRS, then you're at 48, you're at 12,000 is gone. So you're at 48,000 instead of 60,000. So these are the things I just want you, I just want you to be aware of, you know, so, so as we, as we wrap up, you know, so there are some key takeaways that I want you to get key takeaways I want you to get you know your financial plan and please please I beg you your financial plan isn't based on the idea that a Republican or a Democrat will will always be in the White House please that's not a proper financial plan you cannot make a financial plan based on who will be in who will be in the White House okay so keep that in mind your 6040 portfolio that's dead that's old school you need to have new smart plans to look at you need to look at that you know you need to you 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 need to consider your high conviction strategies and determine which risk you'll take on some people have some high conviction and if you stick to those conviction and not willing to modify or change you could be caught climbing the wrong ladder. You know, it's sad that if you climb the wrong ladder and then you get to the top and you realize that you were on the wrong ladder, then that's not a pretty situation. That's not a pretty situation. So I leave you with that, you know, with the six plan. You review your portfolio asset location and asset allocation. Understand the need for retirement, for tax planning, retirement planning for peace of mind, estate planning is coming back you've got to have general planning and don't forget about your distribution 
I just want to encourage you there and just thank you. Thank you for joining us. You know, this is your brother, your cousin, your nephew, your daddy, and you take care and I'll see you in the studio live next week. And we're looking forward to a great 2021 together. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Financial Literacy Show. Till next time, make sure to stay updated on MacintoshFinancialGroup.com. If you have any questions, call us on 561-332-1755. Disclaimer. This material was created to provide accurate and reliable information on the subjects covered, but should not be regarded as a complete analysis of these subjects. It is not intended to provide specific legal, tax, or other professional advice. The services of an appropriate professional should be sought regarding your individual situation. Advisory services may be offered through Forda Financial Group Incorporated, member FINRA-SIPC. Cross and be